In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie, and you are listening to Some Kind of Brown, powered by Last Out Media, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, our journeys to find our identities, reconnecting with ourselves and the communities we're a part of, all from a southern girl who's still trying to figure out things for herself. Can I have a wife in chat, please? Pog, really? (laughs) Wife. Okay. We're here. We're recording. The world is crazy. My cat is sneaking. It's kind of par for the course for 2020, I guess. <sighs> there, The podcast is two years old now as of last month, and this is the third video for YouTube. We're so old. It's great. I seriously hope you can hear my cat meowing right now. She is very jealous of all of you getting my attention but you know I you guys know where I've been you know what's going on the brain is great my brain is great the world is on fire and you know as kind of predicted unfortunately the Black Lives Matter protest or awareness is not even steadily dropping just steeply dropping online now and there are still a lot of protests but I don't see a lot of people talking about it anymore which to be fair I haven't really been on social media that much I've just been talking to some friends mostly viewing the world through my in real life chat box over there so I don't know it it's a lot and I honestly have been on YouTube a lot. That's the one thing I really stay on because nobody knows when I'm on YouTube and I am only required to watch things. I, with the anxiety and crazy stuff that's just been on my head, I haven't been able to engage in things like I usually do. My energy is just like all over the place. So when I get on social media, I feel like I have to be giving Nelson Mandela length quality speech. Not that what I've had to say has ever been that quality, but hopefully you know what I mean. But since I've been on YouTube so much, it really has been like a toxic waste dumping ground in the last two months, I think, between Black Lives Matter and then the things that we are choosing as more important than Black Lives Matter. It's been very, very strange. And honestly, I have been kind of partaking in it too, which I'm going to get into later. There's just a lot that I want to talk about. And that's one of the other reasons why I'm only doing this now, because I just have not been able to decide what to talk about first. I want to talk about the insane setbacks we have had in the last few months regarding the transgender community. I have been wanting to talk about, obviously, what's happening in Black Lives Matter and from the good things like K-pop stands taking over everything and sending Black Lives Matter propaganda to, I don't know, everyone who doesn't want it, which I can get behind, but also the very real changes that need to happen 
honestly a lot of I've been like taking notes and recording things I want to talk about so I have about 70 to 80 notes between my phone and my google drive whatever I happen to be closer to although I could put it on my drive from my phone but uh, as things happen I write them down and things that I want to talk about it's a lot and if you focus on just the changes that need to happen I think you could probably talk for about six years I know I definitely could but mostly a lot of the things that have been on my mind are the things that have never changed it's the weirdest feeling to have been talking about some of these issues and to eternally be that angry person or that person always bringing up race you know what I'm talking about and now get here and have everyone jumping on a very strange bandwagon I have been skipping through so many ads on YouTube I normally don't if I like or subscribe to the person whose video I'm watching because ad money unless that's a scam who knows but the number of companies that have come out with really weird ads and commercials for products for shows of support capitalism I don't know it does not sit well with me and that's been on my mind it's also I mean I've been on YouTube so Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star are on my mind but that is something I'm going to get onto today I don't know as chaotic as everything is there are definitely anchors of light but I am not in the mood really to be talking about only good things unless it's in the context of the larger social movements hopefully revolutions that are happening although to be honest something that I may or may not talk about in the future is at what point does something become a war we've been talking a lot about genocide uh, as far as in this particular community we're all a part of and also in the larger hopefully American narrative at least in people that I see who are typically admittedly liberal but yeah in the context of social reform I know a lot of people have been talking about the movie documentary on Netflix 13th um, I have not watched it because I have not prepared myself emotionally yet if you listen to the episodes where I talked about the series that dealt with the Central Park Five you heard me crying through an entire episode and then very emotionally distraught through the rest yeah the series when they see us on Netflix watch it if you haven't uh, I will find you if you haven't but also be prepared to cry a lot to be angry I don't know but 13th is a really good uh, documentary as well but it's been out for a while like I'm pretty sure years at this point I don't know I get stuck between this absolute fire in my chest of wanting to bring change yesterday and talking until I lose my voice which would take a very long time but I am surely capable of doing it or digging a hole and becoming a prepper and 
dipping out. It very violently in between, probably between one minute and the next, but I just, the last couple of weeks especially have just been mulling over when people start acknowledging what's happening or when certain words get applied to situations. I'm sure that when we look through history, historical figures of the times didn't say, oh yes, we shall dump the tea into the harbor and that shall be our first act of war. There might have been people who said that as blatantly, but I feel like in 10 hopefully less, years. When we look back at what's happening now, there won't be this separation or gap between the genocide of Native peoples in the uh, North America and now. Because it's never stopped in the same way that slavery and its wonderful byproducts have never changed, only changed forms, are never ended, only changed forms. So... That's been a very curious thing, and I don't think there's really a clear answer for that, but it is something that I have in mind, and if that's something you've also been thinking about, please let me know so that I can talk to someone and stop feeling like I'm constantly catastrophizing. Because honestly, when you look at the statistics between police brutality to the MMIW two-spirit the MMIW Two-Spirit Girls and Relatives movement, which is still growing and expanding in the statistics that are coming out from people who've been able to invest time and money into researching these things. It's appalling, and I think it's just really overwhelming. Those feelings of, uh, oh, I'm exaggerating or being dramatic, I feel like is a very natural response to a situation that has grown and has always been extremely overwhelming. So I think that's why things like YouTube drama right now seem like the biggest things in the world. I don't know where people are not talking about YouTube drama right now, which I guess is strangely meta and don't even want to call it that since I am now here recording a podcast episode that's going to be on YouTube but I have heard so many podcasts that don't have anything to do with the YouTube drama talk about Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star uh, one I mean the one that I've heard covered the most is ScamWow I love ScamWow so much it is my favorite thing in the world I need to be friends with the hosts on there, especially Sue. But that kind of brings on the issue of parasocial relationships, which is a really fun highbrow term for something that can be very complicated and has a lot to do with the YouTube drama. I'm really not going to talk about why everyone is up in arms about Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson. But I want to talk about it insofar as saying, I really wish that all of the energy and vitriol and anger that people had toward or have towards these two creators, CEOs, very rich people now, if people could have that same anger and sustain it for as long as Black Lives Matter, or towards Black Lives Matter and MMIW, I mean, 
partially that's a very biased thing because those are two issues that I care very much about, but at the same time, genocide. But <laughs> both of these people, these creators, have been adjacent in these issues, have done things that are disgusting and offensive and... I don't think anyone can really excuse. And if, you, uh, if you've ever listened to Forensic Friends, which is the podcast that I'm on with my friend Shelly, we talk about forensics and science and medicine. In particular, we, we switch topics. So every other week, we, uh, one week, Shelly talks about forensics because that is her deal. And my weeks on the off weeks I talk a lot about just general medical and science things we've been talking about lately uh, phrenology which is really interesting which is the study or the pseudoscience now of how people's skulls correlate to their personalities there was a belief that came about and really people ran with in early United States that black people had enlarged skulls or deviations in areas of the skull that indicated that they would be submissive servants, meant to be servants. There's a lot of rhetoric. Okay, well, really, up until and through Reconstruction Era, Jim Crow, Civil Rights Movement. Still today, if you listen to some people talk who honestly I wish did not have a platform but anyway like I said there's a lot going on in my head and trying to share space but what it comes down to is Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star are kind of scapegoats I think for what's going on right now I think that people are taking all of this frustration towards the situation against black people police brutality all the stuff going on in the world right now and they're directing that at these two people who while they might be rich and have large platforms and be making a lot of money or especially recently have made a lot of money off of certain makeup releases um they are not as big or as corrupt or as insidious and dangerous as the United States government. So taking them down or taking them, deplatforming them, as I guess we've been calling it, is a lot easier than fixing systematic racism that's been set up since the U.S. was formed. So or before, really. I was just listening to a podcast I was talking about something called the Leopard Society, which was a group or a secret society that started in uh, the West Indies during the times of slave trade. It started off to fight against colonists and slave traders and then turned into something crazy. But honestly, like when you really start looking into history and, it's, and the impact that the slave trade had, you just keep branching into more and more things just everything from housing to medicine to band-aids that's a fun thing i was in a store 
I'm probably going to talk about this later in more detail, but I saw recently there was a brand that released darker shades of nudes for Band-Aids, and I think that's pretty much a metaphor for everything that's going on right now that is good and also horrendous. The companies that are putting out things and these apologies that are coming from creators who have been historically extremely terrible, we might forgive you in the sense that you as a person can continue to exist, but that doesn't mean that we're going to encourage or participate in anything you're doing. And I think that's something that I've really had to think about, but when I brought up the podcast with Shelly, we talked about when this first, the drama came out, I was really torn about how I thought about it or how I felt about the drama because I know that in the past, both Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson had addressed their previous actions, especially Shane Dawson, and had apologized for the racism, said that they were growing, says they would make, says that they would make uh, such and such efforts to be more aware and educate themselves. And on the one hand, that is the reaction I want everyone to have. I want people to see their own racism or their internalized prejudices, the systems that they they participate in that they may not have been aware of. Even myself, I'm always learning and trying to educate myself on situations that I didn't know about, like the Leopard Society, the good and the bad. It turned out very, very badly. But uh, I I only knew about Jeffree Star when he apologized the first time. And I think that for me, I am a very gullible or I can be a very gullible or naive person. And so if someone says that they're going to make a effort to change, that has a lot of weight to me, especially if someone can point out their mis their failings or their mistakes or their past prejudices that they didn't know about or did know about, just didn't understand the ramifications and the context, that to me is a really good sign because in my head, if someone can say what they did wrong, can articulate why it's a bad thing, then they won't do anything else. Which, again, I understand is really naive. It's like if you tell a small child not to hit someone because it hurts, they understand for the most part and for the next five minutes won't hit someone. I mean, it, it differs between children, but you get the idea. I just expect that people don't want to be nasty or hateful to other people and am always surprised in a not good way by people and what they say and do. So I was very, very angry about the drama. I did use it, I think, as something that I could do beyond educating and or trying to educate or trying to speak out against things, trying to draw attention to people who are doing a much better job than me about talking about what's going on. 
like so like my god i every time i get on social media and i see what soph is doing i am blown away by the fact that one i have a friend like that and that she can stay so passionate we've talked about it and we both have gone through moments of feeling really defeated uh but she has taken that and is continuing to fight and that to me is just extremely admirable i think that was a quality i used to I used to think that I held, but right now, obviously, I am very hard on myself because I feel like I'm not doing as much as I can or should, but at the same time, trying to balance what I can do realistically, and I think that we all kind of have to find that. I know that not everyone can go out and continue protesting, but if you can, please do. I don't know. And that's, that's another thing. I remain annoyed. Annoyed is an understatement. By the people who were like, I need a haircut. Why do I have to wear a mask? My freedom. I want to freely give and spread and catch a disease that people are dying from. Yeah, okay. But then these people are like, National Guard against protesters, we gotcha. We're gonna do it. I back it up. I'm gonna take my stupid weapon of that's like literally made to kill things into the public to back the fact that you freedom that other people's freedom should be restricted, especially when it's inconvenient. It makes no sense to me. No sense. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I have gone on rants and my poor wife over there has just heard me rage on and on and on about the same things on and on and on. Like I expect people to magically stop being garbage. I don't know. (laughs) What can you do? But luckily there are people who have compiled Karen breakdowns for me on YouTube and that reminds me that garbage people are going to garbage. I don't know where we're going to go from there, but hopefully somewhere better. But that is another another thing. I voted today in my local election and when I went with my girlfriend, again, elderly people everywhere which is fine it's not that they're elderly that i'm upset about it's the fact that we have always been the youngest people voting around us i <laughs> we are talking about black lives matter we talked about protesting people have protested we've continued to do things that have been very small very large in order to raise awareness and hopefully bring change and voting especially in local elections is the biggest thing that you can do i want to see lines outside of these precincts but i don't it's deserted people still aren't voting which is beyond me beyond me we are in this situation because the system has been allowed to stay the same 
and the longer it stays the same, the harder it is for us to change anything. So by not participating in local elections, by not, if you are so inclined, running for political office, which that's a fun thing. My township or my particular local area that I live in had no Democratic candidates at all, which is really frustrating because when you vote for local elections, it's uh, Democrat-Republican because we have a two-party system despite what we're supposed to have. But I don't know. Everyone makes fun of AOC. Not everyone. A lot of people make fun of AOC. She's very polarizing. You have this young woman who is a waitress in politics. How dare she? But like, can we get more of her? Obviously, that's not the easiest thing. And she constantly has to deal with actual death threats and people tearing her apart left and right and choosing to go after her looks or her past as if nobody had to start an entry-level job instead of looking at the policies she's actually proposing, the change she wants to bring. And whether you agree with her or not, I think we can all appreciate the energy she's bringing, the desire to bring change, because despite the number of black boxes I've seen, there's not much else besides that in the general populace. So, I don't know. I say that I want us to have that same energy, that same anger and drive to change something as it's been directed at Shane and at Jeffrey. And I think it's a lot easier to go after them also because what needs to happen is kind of clear. If you decide that they should be deplatformed, that means that they should be either taken off YouTube, their content is no longer consumed, streamed, watched, no product of theirs is purchased. Those are pretty clear ways to deplatform them. But when you're talking about systematic racism in the United States, where there are all these flowery words, especially from the, father, the founding fathers, which that's going to be something I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about in the future once I calm down, which isn't guaranteed to happen. But <laughs> I am so, feel so petty and salty right now. This is why I take so long to record, because I just get really upset and derail myself. But it's, it's really, when you look at these laws with all their flowery words from the Founding Fathers especially, you have all of these systems that were put in place from the very beginning to have freedom and benefit only a certain group of people and changing that should be cut and dry looking at it it's obviously wrong it's obviously wrong that black people 
uh, are were and still are considered a different species in some cases. There was uh, Thomas Jefferson, who I think is scum of the earth, and I will never stop calling him scum of the earth. He wrote a lot and backed testing on and abuses towards black people because they were a subspecies. So when you're facing that kind of stuff, it seems like it'd be very easy to point out and say, that's wrong, stop doing that. But it has influenced everything down to the level of if a black person goes to the ER, still to this day, there are medical students who are told that black people have a higher pain tolerance. So it is documented and has been that black people in general, especially black women, do not receive proper care, especially when it comes to pain. They have to jump through more hoops, it has to be more severe, or they have to turn to alternative options for pain and health care because they're just not going to get it. And that's not an easy thing to change. We're talking about re-educating at every level. And there are so many aspects of change that need to happen, so many aspects of racism that really need to honestly be put on the table, discussed, dissected, looked at honestly, have our feelings assessed, take our feelings out sometimes, that I get it. It's not easy. And when you're looking at something that seems so insurmountable, it's 2020 and we're still we're still having to deal with all of this racism so what are we going to do about it now that's going to be any different from what people have done in prior civil rights movements and i feel that way a lot of the time too but all i really think we can do is continue uh, my girlfriend and i were talking about it after we voted today and we were talking about the lack of Democratic candidates or young candidates involved in politics or running and young people voting. And when you have young people going into politics, there is something that has been... I, I really don't know how to say it in a nice, neat way. There, There's this idea that... All these young people with their motivation and drive wanting to bring change right now, that's not politics. Politics is a marathon, not a sprint. And to an extent, I think that's right. But only because there are so many problems that you can't sprint through all of them right now. And if you want to bring change, you have to make everything you do something that you truly believe needs to happen and change now act as if you expect it to change now but also have a five-year plan for if nothing happens so i don't really know what that looks like obviously i'm trying to figure that out and i think having a youtube channel that's kind of in conjunction with the podcast but a little separate is going to help as well for my salty videos about the Founding Fathers, especially Thomas Jefferson, which probably is going to be the first one, to be honest. Andrew Jackson's a great one that I'm going to talk about, too. 
just look forward to that. But it isn't necessarily having to do with some kind of brown, which is supposed to be a safe space for mixed people and people of color and also, you know, people who are in the community who might not be people of color. Um, While all of this does for sure impact the community, that has been something I've been really thinking about, how I want to still feel like I'm talking about important things but stay true to what I wanted to start or continue with some kind of brown. Like I said, eight rabbit holes ago probably more some kind of brown is two years old now it's been a crazy two years both for the podcast and also for myself and while I want to grow the community in the sense that we all feel more and more comfortable to talk about things we all have moments of growth moments of healing together I also want to grow the things we're talking about but stay true to those of us who are in this community so dividing my more historical commentary type things or anything else I decide to do that is adjacent but not quite fitting under the umbrella of some kind of brown I do want to put on the YouTube channel So that's something that I'm going to be working on in the future and helps me, just like with systematic racism, have a better plan for the next five years. I'm looking at my notes. (laughs) I don't know if I honestly can give all of this the individual attention that they need as far as putting everything in this episode honestly I really do when I get an idea of something I want to talk about just like start word vomiting and I think I really need to realize that I can't say everything at once which is just my overall lesson for this episode Rome wasn't built in a day and I can only say one word at a time despite what my brain thinks that I should be able to do. So, I don't know. What are you guys, like, how are you guys feeling? I feel like so many of us are either running out of stamina or on some cycle of hitting a wall and needing to relax a little bit and then starting all over again. What do you think we can do to make this fight sustainable? To be able to keep ourselves from getting in a place of complacency? Because I think that's a really big thing that's been happening. This system built was built brick by brick. And when you accept that bad things are going to happen, that good things are out of reach, then you stop working towards them and that becomes more true than it ever was. So I'm very, very interested to see what you're doing to cope with that or how you're thinking about it, both because I think it's a good conversation to have and also because I am looking for better ways to do things, you know, so I don't end up depressed. If you are watching this video... Nothing is going to change 
between now and the next video to go up on YouTube because I'm going to be recording it right after this. But it does kind of go hand in hand with it. I think I'm probably going to go into a commentary channel type direction, which is ridiculous to say because A, you know, if you know me, you know, I don't like being pigeonholed and B, I have a podcast. So by nature, I am a commentary person. I don't know. I say words. But there is something I really want to talk about dealing with particularly the way people are handling Black Lives Matter, particularly two people called Paul and Morgan of the channel Paul and Morgan. And the most specifically, the argument that they are putting forth that I have just reached my limit with, if I hear it from anyone else, there is no guarantee that I'm going to be nice or quiet in talking about how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, so that's just a warning. But that whole idea that people from the outside of the black community can look at what's happening and just be like, hmm. I see that you're hurting and that there's a lot of injustice, but could you protest better? Could you be a little less uncouth with asking for change? Ask a little nicer, maybe I'll listen. I am done minding my manners. <laughs> I don't think I have any manners left at this point. And I really want to talk about that. So if you want to talk about that as well, come to the YouTube channel. Tell me what you want to see as well. Tell me what you want to hear on the podcast. If you have been listening to the podcast for a long time and you're okay with growing this into the direction of talking about even more politics and things like that. And not just like mixed race or race related issues. Never mind. All of my politics is going to be race-related, so I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. I'm, I could ramble and continue this episode for two hours on my own, but I'm going to let all of these other things that I have running in my mind have the time we deserve on their own, and check out next Wednesday for the video about how I feel about that argument, especially towards Paul and Morgan, who just happened to be, honestly, I'm not going after them in particular. This isn't going to be like a reaction to their video. It's literally the fact that they came out and said, it's literally that they came out and said this stuff recently and they were the last people to say it within my hearing for me to tolerate. So I'm not sorry. Happy second anniversary. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't buy you roses. Next time I will send you chocolate. I, if you're still here, I love you. Honestly, if you talk to me on social media, I will talk to you and we can be friends. I am a very bad friend with responding, but we can be friends and I will get better at that eventually. <laughs> I used to be good at it. Then anxiety hit. 2020. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown or Kind of Natalie. And you can watch the podcast on the YouTube channel under my name, Natalie Evans. We have extra content on that channel as well, so be sure to subscribe for future videos. If you would like to support the show and be a part of our brownish family, I do have a Patreon where you can have access to ad-free episodes, some of our cool merch, some surprise freebies now and then that I send out, and some behind-the-scenes bloopers or good conversational bits that don't make the final cut, but I think we can all get some enjoyment out of. If Patreon isn't your style, you can buy me a coffee through the link in the show notes or in the link tree on all the social media to make a one-time donation. And to help our colorful family grow, subscribe wherever you're listening and spread the word about this podcast. All your support helps me keep going, especially after everything that's happened so far. Thank you to Purple Planet for the use of their song, Love Life, and I'll see you later with some more Shades of Brown.